ancient tales of strange otherworldly creatures. There was a time when giants were upon the earth, Sumerians were living with their gods, the Anunnaki. Legends of gods who came from the heavens to create mankind. They were, in a sense, extraterrestrials. They walked the earth, they ruled people. And clay tablets revealing an extraterrestrial agenda. Potentially, they kind of upgraded the human race and used them as sort of a slave species. Did alien visitors really change the course of humanity in the distant past? Our ancestors received help, and that help came from nowhere else but up there. Millions of people around the world believe we have been visited in the past by extraterrestrial beings. What if it were true? Did ancient aliens really help to shape our history? And if so, might the proof be found when we examine the Anunnaki connection? Iraq, April 10th, 2003. United States forces make their way to the capital city of Baghdad, just three weeks after the launch of Operation Iraqi Freedom. American troops attempt to create and maintain order, but looters fill the streets, ransacking museums and destroying thousands of ancient artifacts. Looters forced their way in to the National Museum and stole all kinds of artifacts, including musical instruments and cuneiform tablets that told the history of ancient Sumeria going back 6,000 years or more. The genealogies and histories of the gods were there and stories of the flood. But now, many of these texts are missing from us. Now, it wasn't just people off the streets smashing the window and taking an artifact. There were people wearing earpieces, a very coordinated event, penetrating double locked doors, and stealing instruments and jewelry and all kinds of artifacts that date back thousands of years, all the way back to the cradle of our civilization. But why would militants destroy such precious objects of the ancient world? Was it really just a consequence of war or a deliberate attempt to obliterate forbidden knowledge of the past? Perhaps answers can be found by taking a closer look at the origins of these priceless lost treasures. According to archeologists, many of the lost Iraqi artifacts dated back to the time of the Sumerians an ancient civilization that most researchers believe is the oldest in all of Mesopotamia. Mesopotamia means between rivers in Greek. 
referring to the Tigris and Euphrates rivers in what is today known as Iraq. There were four main kingdoms in Mesopotamia. Sumer was the oldest one, followed by the kingdom of Akkad, begun by Sargon I. Um, after that, you have Babylonia and Assyria. And even though languages changed and people changed to some degree, the culture that was established by the Sumerians really continued throughout the lifetime of Mesopotamia. Ancient Sumeria in southern Mesopotamia is often cited as the most ancient civilization, even the first civilization. It goes back to oh, approximately 3000 to 4000 BC, and here we see writing in the form of cuneiform tablets on clay and on stone. The Sumerians were the ones who invented the cuneiform writing system. The word cuneiform means wedge-shaped. It refers to a system of writing whereby scribes would take a wedge-shaped stylus and impress signs on wet clay tablets. Those tablets could later be fired and hardened and preserve what was ever written on them. Deciphering these cuneiform tablets was next to impossible until a key discovery of thousands of tablets at an Assyrian palace in March of 1843. This new abundance of cuneiform inscriptions provided some of the first tangible evidence of an ancient kingdom that had been believed to exist thousands of years ago. A French scientist named Paul-Emile Botta found this gigantic underground area in northern Iraq in Korsaba opened up this incredible room filled with statues of gods and kings, all kinds of wonderful treasures, and many written inscriptions all over the walls in the ancient Sumerian cuneiform. Within 10 years, Archaeologists had also discovered the ruins of the legendary Sumerian capital city of Ur, home of the biblical figure Abraham. At the site, scientists unearthed the great ziggurat of Ur, a step pyramid-shaped structure that was the administrative center of the city, as well as cuneiform tablets and tombs adorned in gold. So here they had found this legendary capital of the Sumerians with its gold-clad tombs and cuneiform tablets, something that they thought was simply a myth until the actual discovery of it proving that it was indeed historical fact. When we look at the ancient Sumerian civilization, we attribute them with over 100 of the firsts for a modern society. Things like agriculture, science, medicine, mathematics, kingship, laws, courts, judges, schools. Literally all of this shows up in Sumerian times 6,000 years ago, right out of the Stone Age. According to mainstream researchers, Ur was sacked by their warring neighbors, the Elamites, nearly 2,000 years B.C. But some researchers believe the cuneiform texts 
reveals something much more than evidence of an ancient race. They point to descriptions of a group of divine beings called the Anunnaki, the so-called princely offspring of God, who according to the Sumerians, descended from the sky. The religious system of Mesopotamia was polytheism, which means that they worshipped hundreds of different gods, both male and female, often depicted in human form, having personalities very much like people do. And um, these gods were arranged in a kind of political hierarchy that in many ways mimicked the political systems of Mesopotamia itself. And what this means is that you had the high gods, uh, the heavenly gods, and you also had lesser gods who inhabited earth and the underworld. Now, according to the Sumerian text, the heavenly gods, the Anunnaki, were the supreme deities, the higher deities. The Anunnaki are among the most mysterious and powerful beings of myth and sacred tradition. The Sumerians described them as humanoid, but non-physical spirit beings who had the capability of morphing or phasing into human form. They came to Earth on a special mission to bring wisdom and also to mine certain materials from the Earth plane itself. The Anunnaki are described in great detail, including how they lived for hundreds of years, they had tremendous knowledge and power uh, over the entire world. They knew everything. They had knowledge of all of the sciences and arts. Where they got this knowledge and where they came from is a complete mystery to archaeologists. And you have to ask yourself, were they in fact extraterrestrials? Might the strange gods described in the cuneiform texts really have existed? And if so, might they have been extraterrestrial beings? Ancient astronaut theorists believe the answer is a profound yes. And for proof, they point to an ancient legend also found written on clay tablets. A legend that tells of the creation of man by ancient creatures who came from the sky. Nineveh, Iraq, 1849. A treasure trove of ancient cuneiform texts is uncovered, detailing accounts of the creation of Earth, man, and the lives of the gods. In 1849, Austin Henry Laird made an archaeological expedition to the city of Nineveh, a city that's mentioned in the Bible. And in his excavations, he discovered the palace of Sennacherib, who's well known from the Bible. This really galvanized the interest of the world. Well, three years after this, his assistant found the palace of his grandson, Ashurbanipal, on the opposite side of the mound. Now, in both cases, they found archives, and together the archives form about 20 to 30,000 tablets. Recorded on seven of the tablets is the Babylonian creation myth called 
the Enuma Elish. Enuma Elish was probably composed in the 11th century BC, but almost certainly this story goes back to much earlier periods. The tablets tell of a god named Marduk, who took blood from the god Kingu and mixed it with clay in order to create the Earth's first humans. When the Anunnaki create the model man, that person gets picked up as a story in the Bible and he's called Adam. What I find interesting is that the Bible left out some of the most important details and cut the story short. So the Sumerian tablets, the Mesopotamian tablets have the more detailed versions. According to mainstream scholars, the Enuma Elish is simply an example of an ancient creation myth. But ancient astronaut theorists believe that the epic story is not fiction, but based on fact. Anunnaki is a term that means from heaven to earth they came. So the knowledge that came out from Nineveh is a complete look of a civilization that sprung up out of nowhere. Many of the tablets that were unearthed in Nineveh describe nuances into the actual mindset of the gods, these Anunnaki. And they describe being flesh and blood beings just like us. The Anunnaki themselves were physical beings that came here in giant spaceships. Our ancestors thought were some type of divine apparitions. Our ancestors, especially the Sumerians, received help. And that help came from nowhere else but up there. According to ancient astronaut theorists, the Enuma Elish vividly describes not mythic gods, but otherworldly beings, alien visitors who possess a highly advanced knowledge of genetics. The Anunnaki began to figure out how they could create a docile worker. So they took genes from a female hominid, and after many, many trials, they figured out that they could blend genes together and create the perfect being. In a sense, what these tablets are really talking about is a genetic engineering and the changing of the DNA within human beings. Clearly, something happened where we went from nothing to all of a sudden coming up with the most incredible of thought models. So the question then is, how was it done? And according to the ancient alien theory, our ancestors were given intelligence by a deliberate change of our DNA by space travelers who came here thousands of years ago. Is it possible that the Anunnaki created the human race using their own DNA? According to ancient astronaut theorists, startling evidence can be found in the numerous similarities between the Babylonian myths and the Judeo-Christian Bible and most notably in writings from another ancient cuneiform tablet known as the Sumerian King List. 
The Sumerian king list was found on a tablet in ancient Mesopotamia and dates to somewhere around 2100 BC. The list contains names of 140 kings. What's most interesting about this list is that the deities have enormously long lives. One king, for example, ruled for 36,000 years. And you have to wonder, how could people have lived that long? But yet we have the same thing in the Bible. Methuselah and Noah lived to be eight or nine hundred years old, which seems so fantastic to us. One explanation for why Noah and Methuselah could live so long is that it's possible that they themselves were star seeds or seeded by perhaps the Anunnaki and contained their extraterrestrial genes that prolonged their lives. And so clearly we can do one of two things, pretend that this is all myth, that this doesn't exist, or take what our ancestors gave us at face value, and then we're confronted with the possibility that we are indeed talking about incredible extraterrestrial beings whose lifespan might have been normal for their whereabouts, but definitely were extraordinary for planet Earth. Is it possible that the Sumerian kings lived and ruled for hundreds, even thousands of years? And if so, could these so-called ancient kings have been our extraterrestrial ancestors? Alien beings who created man using their own DNA. There are those who believe that question was already answered more than 35 years ago. New York City, 1976. Author and researcher Zechariah Sitchin publishes his book, The Twelfth Planet, introducing his revolutionary interpretation of the Anunnaki deities. After studying Sumerian cuneiform tablets for 30 years, he asserts that these so-called Sumerian gods were, in fact, extraterrestrials that landed on Earth in Mesopotamia more than 450,000 years ago. According to Sitchin's translations, the Anunnaki both created human beings and also had a part in mankind's downfall when a great flood nearly destroyed all life on Earth. But why? What was the purpose of the Anunnaki's earthly visitations? And why did they create the creature known as man? Zechariah Sitchin wrote a number of well-received books on the Anunnaki, which he believed were basically extraterrestrial entities from a planet called Nibiru, which he quite controversially believed actually exists in our solar system. His theory was they upgraded the human race and used them as sort of a slave species. Sitchin understood, based on his interpretation of the tablets, the mission had to do with the failing atmosphere around the planet Nibiru, and that when they came, they came to mine gold. The Anunnaki had damaged their atmosphere, and by using gold, they found that they could patch these atmospheric holes, becomes the story of our humanity. The Anunnaki literally came to Earth to mine the gold, and when realizing it was such a toil to do so, created us as a worker race 
to do that for. Zechariah Sitchin's hypothesis that the Anunnaki came to Earth to mine gold and then created humans to perform the task was both bold and controversial. Needless to say, it was not embraced by mainstream scholars. But many ancient astronaut theorists believe that Sitchin's interpretation of the tablets is not only correct, but also provides compelling evidence that the Anunnaki created mankind. What if the whole Anunnaki story is a global story of a non-human intelligence that was manipulating genes all over the planet, that it wasn't just gold, it was a planetary base? The Anunnaki said that they came from the Nibiru, and they believe that Nibiru is a star, a gate, and a crossing place opening up the possibility that the Anunnaki are actually traveling the stars through stargates and wormholes. Do the descriptions of Nibiru actually offer proof of the Anunnaki's extraterrestrial origins? And if so, might similar tales of otherworldly beings descending from the sky, not only in Mesopotamia, but throughout the world, provide further evidence that an advanced celestial race came to Earth in the distant past. Perhaps the answers can be found in the mysterious remains of an ancient Sumerian queen. Nineteen twenty-seven, Southeast Iraq. During advanced excavations at the ancient Mesopotamian city of Ur, British archaeologist Leonard Woolley discovers the remains of Queen Puabi. According to reports, the queen is found with an unusually large skull, similar to that possessed by some Egyptian pharaohs and mummies in Peru. For many ancient astronaut theorists, the queen's skull provides further evidence of mankind's extraterrestrial origins. The description of the queen was highly unusual, a head that was huge. She was not a normal human. She may not have been full Anunnaki, she could have been a hybrid. There is an effort underway to try to get genetic analysis of the bones. There are characteristics that allude to Anunnaki. Jeans. This is what the Anunnaki supposedly looked like with this cone head type skulls. So we would naturally think that she is one of the original Anunnaki or certainly uh, extraterrestrial human hybrid. What's of interest of Queen Puabi is that she's the first dynasty queen and or priestess. So the fact that she's first dynasty means that she's very close to the reign of the Anunnaki. This puts her in a very unique position because she really holds the key. She might be the evidence to suggest whether or not the ancient Anunnaki were physically real, and then specifically the Anunnaki interbred. But if the unusual skulls found in Mesopotamia and elsewhere are really evidence of the Anunnaki's reign on Earth, might the legends about them descending from the sky also be true? And if so, 
Might the same be said for other legends that describe similar beings found in ancient texts all over the world. Angels. The flying serpents of Central America. The star people of the Anasazi. The notion that otherworldly beings came to Earth from the heavens is one of the most common themes in ancient mythology and religion. Could the stories really have a basis in truth? If we go back and look into ancient history, we find stories that sound very, very similar. They're sort of all-powerful, magical, superior entities, and they come from above. If you go into mythology, when you go into the Star People tales, when you go into the Anunnaki, it is the sameness, the similarity around the planet that makes you say something has to be responsible for the same dreams, the same mythology, the same idea that life came from the stars. All across the world, we find stories of otherworldly or extraterrestrial beings coming to Earth and influencing humanity. This raises a question. Are there different races of beings coming from the stars and influencing all these cultures? Or is it possible that, in fact, it's one race of beings, the Anunnaki, who influenced all of these cultures, and they told the story of the same beings? Do worldwide legends of so-called gods really help to prove that ancient man was actually in contact with extraterrestrial beings? And if so, is it possible that religious tales of otherworldly beings interbreeding with humans support the notion that the stories of the Anunnaki are based on historical fact? According to some researchers, the answers may lie in the Hebrew Bible story of the Nephilim. The Nephilim are mentioned in the sixth chapter of Genesis, where we have the, uh, the sons of the gods meeting with the, the daughters of men and producing, therefore, superhuman folk. The Nephilim are described in some translations as being giants. The relationship between the Anunnaki and the Nephilim is really a story of two cultures, but are related. The Anunnaki was the god caste who created primordial man to enslave them, while the Nephilim were the offspring of those who came down and intermingled with humans. Now, these beings could be giant in stature, but we're also told that the Nephilim possessed extraordinary supernatural knowledge that they shared with certain portions of humanity. In Greek mythology, Zeus, the ruler of the gods, is said to have fathered two hybrid sons, Hercules and Perseus, both with earthly women. And the apocryphal book of Enoch describes beings known as the Watchers, angels who fell from heaven and procreated with humans. Could these tales actually have their origins in the ancient stories of the Anunnaki? The story of the Anunnaki might seem like something right out of sci-fi, 
But when we compare the fact that every culture around the world, from the Hindus to the Greeks, the Romans, Egyptians, Mayas, all around the world, we have a similar description of these beings coming to earth from the heavens. Uh, having offspring that were then one half divine, one half human. But if legends of gods, angels, and giants coming to earth, and breeding with human females are to be believed, might there need to be some evidence? Ancient astronaut theorists say the answer is yes, and believe that evidence exists in the countless depictions of the Anunnaki as winged giant creatures, evidence found all throughout the region, formerly known as Mesopotamia. The Anunnaki, we can also see them on different carvings or in cylinder seals where they are depicted as having wings. Sometimes they have faces like birds with beaks, but they are also very human-like, giant beings with muscular bodies wearing things that look like wristwatches. Now, is this an exact replica of what people saw? Clearly, the evidence that we have here in the Sumerian culture of wall descriptions, the artwork, the esoteric cuneiform script, they went to great lengths to record this very momentous information. We have to start to look at this in a fresh new light and stop thinking of it as just mythology. Looking into the Sumerian accounts, what we're finding is that the Anunnaki are described as special. Their age spans are far longer than anything a human being can have. And afterwards, whether they disappeared into complete oblivion, or whether they somehow remained here on planet Earth, remains a question mark. Might the similar images and descriptions of gods who descended from the heavens to rule on Earth be something of a smoking gun? Proof that the Anunnaki were actual beings who came to Earth from another world. But if so, why has very little evidence of their time on Earth survived? Why are they virtually forgotten? Ancient astronaut theorists believe that the answers can be found in the ancient stories of a great flood. Shurapak, South Central Iraq, 1931. While digging at this ancient Sumerian city, archaeologists find what they believe to be sedimentary evidence of flooding from approximately 2900 BC. According to accounts in the Sumerian King List, King Ziusudra was the last Sumerian ruler before a great flood on Earth. Excavations of the great city of Shurupak began in 1931, and it was from these excavations that they began putting together the story of King Zayasudra. At the city of Shurupak, we find sediment deposits that appear to show a flood that occurred in around 2900 BC. This is one link that shows that the biblical flood may in fact be genuine and a way in which we can ultimately prove that to be true. 
many ancient cultures have a story of the flood, which is intriguing. The fact that the Mesopotamians had a story of, of a flood is not surprising because uh, Mesopotamian history is fraught with stories of trying to contain the Tigris and Euphrates and make them usable for agriculture. Until they built the canal system, there were regular floods that wiped out cities. It appears that the story of Noah's Ark may not be an original Hebrew story. In the Sumerian text, we find a much older story of Zayasudra, who also survived the flood, who constructed an ark and was able to save part of his family as well. Is this merely coincidence, or does it suggest that, in fact, the biblical tale is based upon the Sumerian original? The similarities have caused many to suggest that perhaps the biblical account is drawn in some sense from the Mesopotamian account. My feeling is that most certainly the biblical writers adapted it for their own theological reasons. In the biblical account, the rationale for the flood is human sinfulness. And so what the biblical writer has done is used the flood account in order to provide a theological rationale for why the flood took place. According to ancient Sumerian legend, the Great Flood was not a natural event, but was directed by the god Enlil, who had grown tired of the noise of humans. The Anunnaki who came to Earth essentially had two leaders, Enlil, who was the legal, legitimate son of Anu, the king on the planet Niguru, and his half-brother Enki, who was actually the firstborn. They were in charge of the Earth contingent. Procreation was out of control, and Enlil gets enraged. He decides he's going to eliminate all the humans and created what we know as Noah's Flood. Enlil thought that humans should be erased. They were too troublesome. And Enki, like Prometheus in the Greeks, took the side of the humans and said, no, they should be preserved. According to legend, Enki warned King Ziasudra to build a boat so that he might be saved from the Great Flood, just as Noah was directed to build an ark in the stories of the Hebrew Bible. Could both stories have their origins in historical fact? At Ur and other cities, we have evidence of floods, major floods. People have associated this with the story of Noah's flood, and there are flood stories in other cultures. So I think we have a trend here where over and over, people have doubted the myths, have doubted the legends, but in fact, with more research, we find that they have a genuine basis. Could the similarities of these two tales be attributed to mere coincidence? Or might the story of Noah be directly based on the story of a displeased Anunnaki god? A god who was bent on destroying the hybrid creatures that inhabited the earth. Enki, the Anunnaki god, told the Sumerian king, Zeusudra, that there was going to be uh, this flood, the same flood of the Bible, and that he needed to build a craft, we would say today, a boat, to escape it. 
However, it's quite possible that the craft that he made to escape this flood was actually a spaceship and that he went into space in order to escape the flood into orbit around our planet. Of course, today, you know, many people place that in a UFO context. Other people place it in a religious context. But many researchers sort of view biblical accounts and stories as having a basis in fact, but of extraterrestrial origins. Both the Bible and specifically the ancient Sumerian accounts make it clear that the flood was something which the gods created. The gods made this flood happen. And so what we're seeing in the ancient accounts is basically an interaction between the Anunnaki on the one hand and our ancestors on the other hand. The Anunnaki basically make sure that we as a species will survive because sections of the Anunnaki were intent on destroying everything on this planet. Is it possible that the Anunnaki were responsible for causing what has been called the Great Flood? And did the Flood destroy virtually all evidence of the Anunnaki's time on Earth? Perhaps the answer can be found, not here on Earth, but on another planet, more than 34 million miles away. Gale Crater, Mars, August 6, 2012. The Curiosity lands on the Martian surface to evaluate the suitability of the planet for human exploration. The one-ton rover will find signs of surface water, a key element for sustaining life. I think one of the very fascinating things from a biology point of view is, let's say Mars for a period in its history was similar enough to Earth that life could start to evolve. You could ask the question, how far did it make it? What happened historically on Mars? When did it start to say lose an atmosphere? When was it not able to sustain it anymore? And we could learn a lot about the processes on Earth that were successful by I think comparing it to how far from all did life get on Mars and where did it fail. But is it possible, as some ancient astronaut theorists believe, that Curiosity's mission may also reveal evidence that the mysterious beings known as the Anunnaki also once inhabited Mars? Zachariah Sitchin theorized that the Anunnaki were coming from uh, uh, this planet Nibiru and that Mars was a like a way station for them to come from Nibiru to Mars and then to Earth. So you would think that if this is the case that on Mars we would find some kind of traces of this Anunnaki civilization there. Are we going to find pyramids? Giant dolmens? huge constructions on Mars, just like we have here on Earth? I suspect we will. If an extraterrestrial presence on Mars can be found, might a global awareness of our own Anunnaki ancestry also be possible? According to author and Sumerian researcher Zachariah Sitchin, Nibiru 
the home of the Anunnaki, is on an elliptical path that brings the planet into our orbit every 3,450 years. And the next visit is projected to be in the year 2,900. Zachariah wrote in the book of the end of days about some of the prophecy of the return. Next time the Nibiru comes around, there should be another appearance of Anunnaki. Some of the Anunnaki may be really excited and happy to see what developed and what we have become. Some may be upset that we've gone too far. Maybe we've overstepped our bounds. They may pass judgment on us, and it could be good or it could be bad. The ancient Egyptians spoke of the duet, which was basically the crossing between this and another world. And Nibiru was the Sumerian equivalent of that. And it is a realm which exists both in this space, but also somewhere else. It is basically a bridge, a territory, whereby human beings can go from here in life on Earth to the realm of the gods. According to Sitchin's interpretation of the Sumerian texts, Nibiru also played a major role in the cataclysmic creation of Earth and the asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter. If true, might a similar change be in store the next time we come in contact with the Anunnaki? Human reunions with the Anunnaki, whenever they take place, almost always result in the same thing, the stimulation of human evolution. The Anunnaki and their involvement in the Sumerian culture, we have to understand that this is potentially a legacy of information and looking at humanity's record to interpret where we really do come from. There is one common denominator in all of these stories of extraterrestrials visiting us in a remote past, and that is their promise of a return. How can we prepare for this return of those extraterrestrials in the future? It's very simple. Accept the idea that we are not alone in the universe, number one, and number two, that they were here in the past, they will return in the future, and that, hey, it's okay. Is it possible, as ancient astronaut theorists argue, that the human race was jump-started, or perhaps even genetically created by extraterrestrial beings in the remote past. Might this really be the missing piece in Darwin's theory of human evolution? And does the notion of an extraterrestrial presence on Earth also help to reconcile the supposed conflict between science and religion? Perhaps such a profound notion is why the museums in Iraq were looted and ransacked, because the truth may be too disturbing to contemplate.